0: What
1: have you got? Hi, David.
0: <laughs> Due to the unseasonably clement weather, I thought today we would have a trip to the seaside. Oh, that's nice, Jason. And we're off to sunny Bandol.
1: And in order to do that, I've only actually got to go as far as your kitchen table, isn't it? I
0: know, it's amazing. Well, one of my favorite parts of the world Down on the Mediterranean coast, just on the cusp of the the Côte Mm -hmm. d'Azur, between Marseille and Toulon. Right, okay. It's a very important enclave of viticulture, it's got an ideal climate, so these elevated south-facing slopes and cooling sea breezes, and a very long, arid, ripening season. It's just the perfect place to grow grapes.
1: Adventures in Wine. I'm David Chandler, and he is Jason Yap. As you get further south, does this mean that the wine gets kind of richer in a way. How does the character change as you go further south in France?
0: That does, to a degree, mean exactly that. But that can also be problematic, So if you get too much sunshine, you get too much sugar, and you get too much alcohol, and if you you plot out the graph of what is happening to southern French wines, Mm. the the ABVs, the alcohol by volume, is, is going up. So we have to be mindful of that.
1: Are you trying to tell me, then, that too much alcohol is a bad thing?
0: Uh, I think it's something we really need to keep a weather eye on. And the vine belt is, no doubt about it, shifting northwards. Uh, so
1: what happens, though, when you've got too much it, alcohol in your wine? English
0: wine is getting better, for right. example. Right, okay And I've uh, good idea. Climate is changing, and that has an impact on winemaking. And okay. I think one should always be mindful of that. And you can see it. But um, uh, as I say, the great thing about Bungal is you have these important... cooling coastal influences and it's an area very close to my heart because I actually worked a harvest down there I did a stage uh, on this estate the Bounin's Mas de la Riviere way back in 1992 and I developed lifelong affection for the wines and the place it's a beautiful part of the world Mm -hmm. it's quite a big vine area there's 66 different independent producers with over a 1,000, about a 1,400 and a bit hectares under vine. But that figure is probably diminishing rather than increasing, and that is due to real estate encroachment. A lot of people want to okay. live. Okay. Well, if not live, certainly spend time
1: in that part of the world. Yeah, of course. You make more money by just selling the land and building on it than you
0: will buy. Yeah, and French planning laws uh, aren't all they could be. But anyway, one of the great things about Bondol is it's a good one-stop shop. They make white rosé and red wine okay but one thing we should definitely touch on is there's, there's been a big shift in the emphasis down there because when I was there back in the you know 20th century it was well known uh, famously so it was an acclaimed red wine producing area and that's what most people if you mentioned Bondol and a, a lot of them in this country would think immediately of red wine if you mentioned Bondol. Mm-hmm. But, so red wine, back then, dominated production. That is not the case today. Today, 5% of production is white, so relatively tiny. Just 22% is red, and a whopping 73% of production is rosé. Because obviously, if you're making red wine, you can convert to rosé in an okay. instant. So in the 21st century, there's been a seismic increase in demand for good quality rosé wines both on the domestic market, the Côte d'Azur, where the terraces of you know yachty folk uh, are famously thirsty and uh, wealthier than us, David, and um, also very much so on export markets. So a lot of this yeah. is going to the States, quite a bit going to Asia and yeah. Russia, and they work, and I'll touch on this later, yeah. with food. But without further ado, I think we should taste some. And we're gonna start off with the relatively rare white. And this is organic. All the bunan wines are. Relatively easy. Down, it's a sandy soil you've got in Bondol, because it's pretty near the coast. Mm-hmm. And it's dry and it's quite arid, so it's, it's relatively easy to produce wine organic. They don't have to treat the vines all the time against mildew and you know, problems they have in Burgundy and the Loire Valley. Um, and the grape is Claret. And it's got a lovely golden straw colour. And I, do you know what? I think the white is really underrated, but I won't, I won't put words in your mouth. Just S- put wine in my mouth. Exactly, there you go. See what you think. So a lovely sort of limpid straw color. And mm-hmm. that depicted on the bottle, that sketch is the, is the wonderful, it really is beautiful, Master de la Riviere. It's set just below the medieval hill village of La Cadire and amazing views now towards the sea. I mean, the, the, the terraces are a little bit inland, and they get the benefit of this amazing sunshine 300 days of sunshine a year, and then there's cooling sea breezes. So this is just a single grape, single grape vinified in stainless steel, thermo regulated stainless steel so the the quality of the white and rose wine making this is part of the reason of uh, the change in emphasis has just come on leaps and bounds with new technology.
1: That's rather lovely, actually, Jason, because it's quite bright and crisp and it's got a depth of flavor too
0: yeah, you've got these lovely what the French call a groom, and then that really just means citrus fruit mm. Aromas, But there's a slight sort of herbal, balmy quality as yeah, well. Yeah, it goes further than that, doesn't um, it? Mm. Yeah, there's, you get a little bit of that sort of garrigue wildness, a bit of thyme and myrtle and okay. lavender. Mm-hmm. And um, doesn't see any oak. It's it's kind of quite dry and clean. And I think it's, it's a... I can testify for a fact. It's a delicious aperitif. The, the summer and autumn I spent down there, uh, I had no telly, no Wi-Fi connection. I had... A, an apartment to myself, which very fortunately had a complete works of Dickens in it. And I spent a lot of time sitting in the sunshine, reading Dickens, and drinking this Bondo Blanc. That's and a bit of cultural dissonance, if you don't mind me saying. But it's raison d'etre, really, is to go with seafood. Ooh. So a nice seared bit of tuna steak, a la palancha, or a, a, a filet de bar. Oh, um, stop it,
1: stop it! Um, <laughs>
0: So some, <laughs> some
1: nice, uh, nice seafood. I'm there, I'm there already. When I just put my nose into this glass, I can get a very strong sense of those old
0: villages and the hot sun on the stones. But certainly aficionados know all about it and love very it. Nice. So, mm. bon Bonne Blanc, deserving of a wider audience, great with food, delicious on its own, completely versatile. But overshadowed by this, which is the much better known and, as I've just testified, more popular rosé. So These ones are made by the Bounin family, my good mate Laurent Bounin, who is a very erudite, uh, multilingual, well-traveled guy, you know, he spent a lot of time in China and Hong Kong and Russia and America. and you know, consequently his wines are popular all over the world. What else do you do when, you, when you're that kind of person except make wine? Well, this is the 2016 vintage, so... That's not so fragrant, is it? Well, give it a chance to open up in a glass, David. It's got quite a deep coral pink colour. All right. And it's made from a blend of Mourvedre, saint and Grenache. And Mourvedre, is the key grape of the Appalachian. It's the absolute grape you associate with Bondol. And it's a tricky grape to grow because it has very small berries, if you like. And so that means there's quite a high ratio of skin to juice. Mm-hmm. And the wines can be very, very tannic. If you don't let more bread fully ripen, you get bitter wines. Okay. Which is why you never find it much north of chateauneuf the All right. But okay. it's opening up already yeah, in the yeah, glass. Okay. You get some red currant and rose hip, and, again, a slight herbal quality. That's the sansoe that gives the slight herbal edge. Now, you see, I have this
1: very dear friend who will not allow rosé wine to pass her lips.
0: Well, is a chacun goût. Uh, some, some very celebrated michelin style restaurants don't miss any rosé wine. There is a bit of a, a prejudice against it. Uh, there was some stigma. I mean, I think in the 70s and 60s, there was more really bad, mass produced nasty, I won't name names, uh, rosés made. But certainly, you know, Generation Y, Millennials, metrosexual, modern people are coming around to the idea of good quality rosé mm-hmm. and also the other really interesting thing, all year round rosé. It used to just be a okay. seasonal, shorty sure. thing, but yeah. now now it's a long, long season. This is very bright and fresh and it's got a lovely tang. Very fruity. Mm. It's got a slight tannic rasp. It's got this nice freshness. It's, it's not low in alcohol. This is 14 degrees, and you wouldn't want it to be any higher. It's like the white. It's also organic. Mm. All the Boonan's wines are, right. and um, you could happily drink this on its own on a summer terrace. But really, here I always think crustacea. So crab, lobster, mm-hmm. langoustine, prawns. Even you know what we really need, David, is a platter of frites de mer. You are so right there. But well, we can toggle between the white and the rose, yeah. Well, maybe start with the white and then kind of traffic light on <laughs> the rose. <laughs> mm. That's very nice, it is. But I don't think anyone would, would claim either of those as what we call the sort of grand vin or van de can't talk about Bondol without talking about the red wine, right? right which is made from this base of about, give or 80% of Morved. I think it has to be 50% of Morved in a red Bondol, and it has to be raised for at least 18 months in barrel or, or cask before it's bottled and released. So, this is the 2014 vintage of the Bounin family's uh, Mas de la Riviera Rouge. And you may have noticed I brought along a half bottle. Mm. I love half bottles. They they should be championed more than they are. But red wine, indeed any wine, evolves a little bit more quickly in half than a full, because you've got a higher ratio of air to wine. All oh, right. And by the same token, your big formats like Magnums and jeroboams will oh. age more slowly, so oh, I see. So okay. I thought if we're tasting today, as we had a half, it not only does it save me. Best part of a tenner, but it means we will taste a slightly more evolved wine. So, yeah, just 22% of production now, and that, that figure's falling. So, if you extrapolated that graph out, you could say that you know the red's endangered, even. Mm. So, we're drinking an endangered species here. Well, I don't know, I think there's enough of a core cool market. People who really appreciate good Provençal wine, yeah. which um, is an an elite, they're not as well known as they should be. I was going to say
1: to you, you have to know your stuff to actually pick a bundle off the shelf. You'd I have, have smell to smell
0: that. That's meaty, it's spicy. Wow, it's got it is actually. It's really gallery, substantial. It? Herbs and berries. It's you know the colour's profound. It's an inky colour. So it's really more veg. Syrah, obviously from the from the Rhone Valley, and Sancerre and. It's herby and briary and an amazing nose. Is there a bit of licorice in there as well? Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit of fennel and. Mm. And these wonderful. It's quite silky tannins, but mm. peppery. It's spicy. A wealth of red and black fruit, and then this long, persistent finish. I mean the codeli that's how long you Mm. can keep tasting wine after you've had a sip is immense and this you know you're into quite serious promosal gastronomy here grilled red meat gigot d'agneau studded with garlic and rosemary and you know slow cook a leg of lamb and then have it with some ratatouille and you open a bottle of this and you'll be home free I can picture it so can I so there you are a little focus on Bongo relatively underrated because I should think over 50% of the wine gets drunk in situ we so have mm. got a ready tourist market not only restaurants that are co you So a well-heeled clientele of people who know the wine right okay. a bit gets exported and then you know smart international market going to New York Hong Kong um, places where sophisticated wine drinkers like us gather right? <laughs> cheers cheers
1: More adventures in wine at www.yap.co.uk.